No, he's British, the actor guy. Yeah, Sean Connery was. <laughs> they weren't all, were they? No, they're not all. Scary. Yeah, just Sean Connery well, is no. the only James Bond. Um, oh, who was the guy that came along? The, not the one before, um, the current one. Oh, shoot. Here's Bronson? Remington yes. Steel? Yes, he wasn't British. Yeah, Remington was Steel. Uh, I think he actually is British. Wow, we He's must not... have super Americanized him, then. That's too bad. Uh, I don't know. I do love the Aston Martin. That's too. That might be my favorite yeah, thing to come out. I'm just going to go out and come right out and say, I don't know. Sorry, England. If he's British? God. Those are I, no, oh, I'm sorry, guys. It's a, he's, it's a car. He's, he's an Irish. No, I know that. No, so Pierce Bronson's Irish, actually. Okay. Well, that, that's British. I had to take a this look. This tangent has been sponsored by MGM Studios. <laughs> 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 Go see the, the new James Bond movie. Uh, so lots starring. of sweet things from, from Britain that we love. Yes, there's lots Independence of Independence, even. We got independence from Britain. We love that, too. Yeah, you can have your tea. Thanks for that, Britain. Take that. Situation normal. All, all fouled up. This is Snafu. Hey, welcome to another episode of Snafu. With me tonight is Jeff. Howdy. Pat. Evening, Governor. And Dale. Hey, guys. Hey, we're going to talk about the British tonight, as well as a couple other updates and kind of housekeeping stuff. So why don't we get through our hobby stuff? To I'll be clear, that's the, that's the British Army. We're not going to talk about the British specifically. Yeah, we're not going to get into all the stupid stereotypes and puns that you can do with that. That's probably not very appropriate no, We'll probably do a little bit of that. I hope not. Let's not, let's not you, make... you never know what we're going to do. You could point. We're spontaneous and canny like that, but I don't think we really are. All <laughs> right. On. So, yes. Uh, Dale, have you been working on anything? Um, yeah, just a little bit. Um, I have to get um, the display base prepared for my Japanese for the event next weekend. And then I've got a piece of terrain commission work that I'm finally going to pull down from the shelf and start working on um, before I dive into the boards for the tournament. So that's where I'm at. A commission piece for someone else? Yes. Is this an advertisement? Trader. No. <laughs> Different no. game system, I presume? Um, Malifaux. So, okay. yes. Okay. And they just are cool with you doing it whenever you felt like it? Uh, apparently, because <laughs> I've had it for a while. <laughs> okay. I didn't tell them I was going to get on it right away because of everything else we had going on. Um, but it's been here It's been here for a long time, and I'm starting to feel really bad for how long I've had it. So, And I figure that um, uh, they'll get me back on the airbrush and start pulling stuff through, which is where the next big order for the urban board comes through, all that other stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm actually kind of feeling like I'm excited about getting it done so and that's a big plus for that kind of thing sweet awesome yeah how about how about you jeff you've been working on anything yeah i i may have a phone i ordered more of those dragon prize from <laughs> like twice as many as i already had well, so. how many units can you have you've got to have like 70 of them already are you are you doing a one-to-one ratio for the actual army again yeah, like i did for the british on that. yeah actually i got what do i have like 50 of them now yeah you're not going to do a whole early war these guys are early war and these guys are late war. You know, you can like, they count as both, right? Yeah, actually, these guys are mostly going to be my, I'm going to eat. Okay. They're very distinct. I mean, okay. all my early war stuff's done and painted. And I fill out my foreign legion and my Senegalese. And then Aren't the Perry guy, like guys. isn't that scale a little bit different? 
it's pretty close. If you okay. only parry guys next to him. Oh, there you go. Okay. Right, you're Slug not missing any mix warlord yeah, guys. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Ah, pro tip right there. I like it. Yeah. Plus, plus the the warlord guys early war anyways are all wearing great coat, so they look bulky no matter what, the size and arm. I will say, I feel like like the desert rats, like the British desert rats from Warlord. I think they're actually parry miniatures, and they're tiny in comparison to lots of other guys. I've you know, I don't know if they're actually factory kit. Actually, that's actually a possibility too. I don't know where they're from, but I played against a guy that had a had a British desert rat force, and like his guys were like half the size of mine. So it felt like I was fighting the hobbits or something. <laughs> it looked yeah. really weird. It was just they, not very good. But yeah, see, they're in the realistic, the old scale and. Warlord has really crept into the size, so... Yeah, no, it's easier to paint, and it, it, it does look better. I mean, yeah, it's not true to scale, it's not... But it's still, I think it looks better. Arguably, it looks better. It's a little exaggerated, but I think that helps with the size of the models. Right, I think so. I, I have no problem. But yeah, so I got that to paint, I got the Perry guys to paint. I had to track down an old GW kit, wood kit, so I could have to be able to make those trees myself with any effect, so... Yeah. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Uh, we have left Pat. Pat, what have you been up to? Paratroopers, paratroopers, and more paratroopers. I got the bases done. I'm going to uh, final inspection on them, probably a little more touch-up work in the bases, and then go back and redo the first 22 I did because now they don't look as good as the last 30-some I've done. So, And uh, we got that event next weekend, so i got to grab a couple of uh, vehicles and get some markings on there and some weather effects on them and get that ready for next weekend. So we got a tight week coming up just to get stuff for that, and the bug eater's right on top of that too. So crunch time. Yeah, I'm feeling the crunch too a little bit on that one. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that I'm not going to be at the, at the game day thing, but I'm also kind of grateful because I didn't, who the heck knows if I would have had everything I wanted to play painted and I would have been focusing on the wrong things or whatever. Hey, nothing you, makes you more productive than the last minute, right? <laughs> it seems to be the case for me. And then uh, you'd have to stop as the as the other optimal point of that. I, what else I, you got working on? Uh, so it's funny. I've been working on all sorts of like practical projects. I actually built a new like painting station. So I had we've finished our office this or our home office this week, and I built a new desk, and I have a paint station, have new lights, I have everything I want, and I just need to get in there and actually start painting some stuff. So, yeah, I'm working on assembling some Soviet models as my Brandenburgers, so they're going to be a mix of Germans and Soviet models together. It's kind of like a kit bash, which is kind of fun. Um, other than that, yeah, like I said, just some practical stuff around the house at this point. Not yeah, those, those things happen, too. I Kind of sneak to, up on you. And, yeah, yeah I've got a pile of deck furniture that showed up that my wife's like, hey, can you put this together this weekend? Uh, of course I can. So It yeah. just means, yeah, it just means Life happens, right? Else. I was going to say, Pat, you know what's going to happen with your paratroopers, not that you have to go back and paint the first 20 you painted, is now you're going to paint those 20, and you're going to go back and look at the other 30, and you're going to want yeah. to paint them again, and it's just going to be this never-ending, like, you know, the ant death circle. We're going to, it could be. You're going to be like 70 and still painting these damn paratroopers. Well, I'll draw the line somewhere, and I get, <laughs> get to those Gurkhas, so. Right on. No, 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 you right on paratroopers. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep Gurkha scratching them and scuffing them so you don't ever get to your Gurkhas. Thanks, oh, appreciate that. I scuffed that. another model. I'm sorry, Pat. Oh, my God. They're I accidentally threw this bad. one across the room. <laughs> every every model broke of... off their base. Sorry, buddy. No, we would never do that to anyone. I promise. Um, that's all of our hobby stuff. But I think we have other big news. And I I think it's really uh, – I don't, I don't know which one of us should announce this because I don't know who, who, uh, who is more important about this. But I'm excited about this. So we sold out Renegade already, which I think is totally sweet. We were 
apparently the fastest in history. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure we're all the faster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they said that what, we sold out in 72 hours, which was the all-time record for a Renegade event ever. Which, it's, I mean, Renegade's still young. It's five years in the making. Five years, yep. But still felt pretty, pretty, pretty accomplished in my mind. It's funny, the two old man games are the two that sold out. They're the only two that I think have sold out so far. So, so far, Bolt, yeah. Action, Bolt Action and Saga are the only two that have sold out. We should have done some kind of um, old man tie-in, like a larger overall, who could be the biggest old man neckbeard, you know, comp- competing in both the uh, Bolt Action and the Saga, some kind of, I don't know. I actually thought about like having an old man discount, like if you buy both of them, it's only $35. <laughs> you know, just like if you buy Maybe them. Maybe like a cool, uh, cool overall, overall, you know. Yeah, yeah. Composite they, score between the two. There you go. And they get some. They get a walker with tennis balls on the bottom <laughs> of it. I, I don't know what they get. <laughs> or a or it's like a stick on neck beard or something. I don't I don't know what you would get for winning both of those events or getting the best composite I, score. I, I think a neck beard is different than an old man, isn't it? Yes, they're different. They're definitely different things, but they're both they both are probably applicable in this case. Like some reading glasses with um with a little strap. You know, so that you can have them down on your chest and then put them on and take them off. And... Let's give the winner a speck of insurance. There you go. <laughs> I was thinking like a first edition D&D book or something. I, you could think of all sorts of like old man. Probably already has that one. Probably. That's probably the, the sad truth of that matter. But actually, it's not sad. That's great. That's like comes in the starter kit of all old man gamers, doesn't it? Uh, yes, probably, actually. Okay. And a picture, a framed picture of Gary Gygax. Yeah. But we, um, um, we don't have any of those kind of arrangements anyways, so. No, but still, it's pretty cool that I think the two, arguably, I think the two best games in the whole place. I'm, I'm, I'm subjective, obviously, but um, all the other games, there's a lot of other good games there. Don't get me wrong. I but, think we also have the um, lowest amount of space. Yeah, so that is one of the factors. Rather, rather yeah, we're, not a, we're not a 96-person War, for, Warhammer 40K tournament, which is, <laughs> no. which is impressive in itself. Like the fact that they're going to probably, I think they sold out last year. They, I don't think they had 100, almost 100 people last year, but... Mm-hmm. I, I well, do think they had quite a few last year. I think they're they're pulling Games Workshop's pulling on a new edition there, so no. yeah, I think that first tournament after that new edition is can be scary. Yeah, totally. I I think these guys have a lot of support as far as uh, like 40k goes and stuff like that. So I think they'll be fine with it. And at some point, we'll probably have them on the show just to talk about what their what their goal is with this because I think it's kind of a it's unique. Like new, oh, I don't know if it's super unique. They just want to start something in the in the Twin Cities area that's not really been here before. So twenty spaces sold out is is that going to be where it ends or? Oh, something? that's a good question there, Dale. So um, I'm hoping it's not. We've we we're kind of we're in the planning stage and we're trying to figure out what we can do next. We're hoping that we might be able to open up to more people. So our, our request of anyone that hasn't signed up and that wants to sign up, I, we, we, I think our first, first and foremost is that we'd like you to get your name on the waiting list. That way we can tell that there's actually a, there's a need or, or, or a want for more people to show up. We'll obviously try and accommodate it sooner rather than later so, so people can plan and make sure that they're able to attend if they can. Because, I mean, obviously I know most of the people that are, are on our list right now are local. There's a couple of people coming from out of town, but if there are more people coming from out of town, you want to make sure that you have time to plan, coordinate, find hotels, all that stuff. Yeah, get on the waiting list. I mean, I, mean, I think we've seen the room, and it's certainly in the realm of possibilities. We just we need to uh, do what we can to work out the narratives behind all of it because we don't want to lose lose the flavor of what we've set up, so to speak. Right. right. So yep. the sooner we know, the sooner they can know, and the happier everyone will be. 
Right. So I think we're going to try and accommodate more people if we can. We will start letting people know if they're on the waiting list, if we're able to accommodate more. Do we have a sense on what that new cap is going to be, or is that still fluid? It's it's fluid. Um, so okay. the hard cap, so we have 20 players right now. There is a hard cap at 30. There's no way we will be able to fit any more than 30 people into the room. And that's, and that's not even a guarantee because we, we want to make sure that the narrative still plays out the way we want it to versus just making sure that the, like, we can get 30 people in the room, but does that necessarily make the experience wonky, right? So right. we're kind of making it, we're trying to make it work where we can do both, right? We can try and help make, or we want to make sure that everyone can play the can, but we also want to make sure that the people that have already signed up aren't, aren't at a detriment because of it, right? Right. So, so yeah, based off of how we're, how we're doing this, it's not, it's not just you show up and you play, you know, three games against, against other people. There's kind of this component in between games where you're planning with the rest of the people on your team and setting how you want to play and where you want to play and, and those kinds of things. And so as we expand that field and those tables, we don't want to leave ourselves in a position where we lose a lot of that you know, team feel and, and planning and stuff. So, Right, exactly. That's, so we're, we're a bit fluid. We want to accommodate more. So ultimately, our request is that people please sign up for the waiting list. So we have, so we have some idea of what people are looking for. Yep. It, it, we're not going to know how many are actually interested unless we actually have a waiting list. Right. right? We already have one on the waiting list now. Um, I, and I know he's attending either way. So. And it's pretty much a shoe in that, you know, being first on the waiting list is you're going to get in. You always have some people drop here and there, you know, leading up to it. So he's, he's probably all but guaranteed to be in. Someone will get sick or he'll Tanya Harding someone's knee or something. We'll find out. <laughs> no, Sean's no, a good guy. No, I don't, I don't think it'll be that at all. Um, so, yeah, that was super exciting for us to be able to say that we've sold out our first event ever or first bolt action event. I shouldn't say it's our first event ever. Um, anyone else got any thoughts about this? Yeah, I've, Jeff has been kind of giving us the lowdown on what the what the what all the stuff is, and we have lots of cool things planned around this. So hopefully, I'm, I'm assuming the people that already signed up are going to have a good time. I'm hoping we can get some more people in, and it's not going to affect the overall feel or the good timiness of everybody, you know. So hopefully we'll be able to make it work. Yeah, it's, Jeff's got an awesome core concept behind everything, and it's, you know, I, I think we can make it work and for sure get a couple more tables in. But we'll see if there's that need. Right? Right. And we've got some, some awesome uh, sponsorship that's been headed up for us, too, as well. We mentioned, of course, that we got Warlord in there. Um, I think since last time we've had a company that Dale kind of led me to called Zolk. Is that right? Like Folk with an X. They're out of Canada, and they've got some, some pretty good terrain, and they're really starting to develop their bolt-action line of terrain. So they're, they're, uh, I, I would say they're a major supporter at this point. Um, we have a local, relatively local store, local being Wisconsin, Noble Knights Game has sent some stuff in. We've got Dice of War, which is in Australia, and I really like these. they got their ammo tins and their little symbol dice, so they're sending us stuff. And we've also got um, Osprey Games, uh, or Osprey Publishing, said they're going to send us some books or something or another. I'm waiting to see what happens with that. But So those guys are all... Uh, lean, leaning their names to for sponsorship in our event, and then we got another big one, another local. The Source Comic and Games is uh, putting in some pretty good gift certificates and merchandise towards us. So they're, they'll be like our third major sponsor as far as if you give them dollar values. We got Warlord, Zulk, and the Source be our top three as far as prize support and sponsorship. So that's really cool. And that Source one just came in through today, just before we started recording, actually. So Patrick, thanks. Oh, that's Pat. That's Pat Brindleson, huh? 
Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, that's uh, if if you're in the Twin Cities area and you're not familiar with the source, uh, you, you maybe are, haven't been living in the in Minneapolis for very long. But they do actually have bolt action there, uh, and I know that they've expanded their range considerably. I, I haven't been back since they said they've expanded, but I've, my understanding was that they were expanding quite a bit of what they had already. Yeah. Also, um, if I ever need any specific paint, especially like the um, the model color lines and things like that, that's usually where I have to go to pick up pick up my paint. So they yeah, literally have every, yeah, they literally have every kind of paint in mass quantity. It's yep. it's amazing. It's an amazing store for everything that you possibly. Want. Yeah, they have the whole line of model color and many of them. So it's really yeah. easy to find. They got a lot of good sculpting tools. They got a whole line of like epoxy, two part epoxies and stuff like that. So, yeah, they got a lot of good stuff. Plus, there's bolt action now, too, so, yeah. yeah. And actually, the funny thing is, is, and this is a weird little plug, because this is something that I don't... Uh, so, 12, 15 years ago, I bought my first hard case. And it wasn't a GW case, it was a source case. And they found, they sourced their own hard case with their own foam inside it. And then, like, two years after I bought it, it disappeared. Or, like, or it would be super sporadic as to when you could find it. And it was, like, the same size as a GW case, but it was, like, 30 bucks. It was dirt cheap, and it was great. And I just noticed last time I was there that they're actually selling them again. So it's an amazingly good deal if you're looking for a hard case. It's just a weird little thing that I found there that's actually really good. I don't know if it's still 30 bucks. I have no idea what they're charging now. It still was better than the GW cases that were 60 bucks or something. They were like half the price. It was insane. Well, that's awesome, though, Pat. I'm I'm super excited to hear that. That's that's rocking that we're going to get get a lot of prize support for all of all of these players in some sense. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure out a way to to distribute all of this swag. <laughs> yeah, we I, I've already got some ideas as far as how okay. we're gonna well, how we're gonna do some of this stuff. I I think we'll we'll come I, we'll talk about it some more because I think yeah, make sure you yeah. got trunk space for all the crap we're gonna do. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> yeah, if yeah, there's flying, that's a lot. It'd be kind of a shame if we only had twenty people to give it to. Of course, those twenty people are probably pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I think they yeah. would be super psyched about that. But yeah, Pat, we'll, you're uh, doing a lot of work there. That's awesome. So yeah, well done. it's a lot of the a lot of the groundwork is is great. Let's see hey, how I'm much just, of it... just trying to pull my weight, guys. That's all. <laughs> well, you're doing more than I am. Let's put it that way. Well, we wouldn't be having the tournament if it wasn't for you. Let's uh, put it that way. Uh, whatever. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, we're all, all right. doing great. So anyway, yeah. that's that's the big update. For, we got another huge uh, huge prize support package. So uh, I think it's doing, going good. I think Rick and I, we had were, were you there too, Jeff, when we were talking about the Toys for Tots and uh, that how we were thinking about working that in? Do you want to go no, there? We, we still ironing that, that part out. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to talk about that a little bit because I think – I We've think always alluded the, to we're going to talk about it, so maybe right. this is the episode we talk yeah, about it. No, that's fine. I think okay. we can talk about it. So, I mean, to to, to to Dale's question earlier about prize support, I think we are planning on doing awards for all of the, the winning side and, you know, overall and veteran for both sides and players' choice votes and sportsmen, right? So those will be awards. Like like any other event, you, you'll get some kind of token or plaque or trophy, whatever we've come up with. We haven't come up with a finalized what are those people going to get kind of thing but to to encourage the the i'm still pushing fruit baskets there just sure whatever you want yeah yeah like uh (laughs) ham of the month club i don't really care um so you know that those are those are great and i think those are important prizes to give out in a sense that you know that's your sense of accomplishment and your award but i think to encourage and to reward those that bring toys for toys for tots we are thinking that like a lot of the stuff that Pat is gathering right now and some of our other stuff will probably be more around a raffle based on, you know, you know, people bringing toys. We'll be giving out our toys essentially, right? Our toys. Um, 
based on kind of that. We'll do a raffle based on if you bring a toy, we'll we'll put your name in a raffle and we'll pull we'll pull something out and be like, hey, you know what, dude, you just won yourself this whatever this thing is that we are we've gotten from Zolk. So I, I think we're we'll give them additional names in the bucket, so to speak. I think we still want everyone to have a fair base chance. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. and then if yeah. you bring a toy or more in that, then that you know can kind of exponentially get you more chances to, like Rick said, win our toys that we brought. So, right. I think it's just in a sense that's to to encourage the charity event. It's not set in stone. Don't hold us to it all. Right. Like, I mean, there might be some some other prizes that we have available. Like like Pat said, he's got. We've gotten a lot of prize support already, and we're still six months away. Um, we haven't even tapped into the renegade sources for some of this stuff too. So I still got some trees to shake too. Right. Yeah. We, I, yeah. I feel like I, and I actually have a couple of trees I'm supposed to shake, but I'm shaking those trees for other reasons right now. So, um, yeah, I haven't started shaking any of those trees. So, and we, we don't want this to be like a competition where you know, our tournament wants to get more toys than the other's tournament, but we do want to make sure that we represent well and follow through the renegade, you know, open overall, you know, kind of charity to Toys for Tots. So I think uh, Renegade. We just want I think, to tie in there, so. I was going to say I think Renegade would disagree with you, but I I don't just <laughs> I don't think they're necessarily keeping it as an open competition between all the events to see who can gather the most stuff. I mean, because like I just said earlier, there's a a, a freaking hundred person forty k tournament. I don't know how frugal those guys are, but if they don't come up with more stuff than us, I'm going to they're going to be sad. I'm sorry, right? I'll, it'll, I'll rub it'll it in be their sad. Faces. I you think know, most forty k players are sad. Well, no, come on. We're all no. gamers together. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Pat, you nice. right. They roll yeah. D6s just like we do. Yeah, but we're not trying to turn this into some something that everybody has to feel super obligated to do a huge thing or anything like that. We're just, yeah, it's part we, of what it is, and we're all naturally generous, so I think I think it's going to be kind of a cool, we want it to be a cool, fun thing that we end up helping folks. Right. Could you, well, and, it, and again, it has no it has no in-game effect. There's no, give us a toy, we'll give you a re-roll, and no, no crazy stuff. We're, we're talking, we have toys, you have toys, great. Give us your toys, we'll, we'll, we'll raffle off our toys, right? Yeah, I like kind that. Of, it's essentially what we're doing. We'd love to, we'd. I would love to see lots and lots of children get toys this, this Christmas. That's really my goal out of this. So encouraging people to give is, I mean, we shouldn't have to encourage people to give, but quite honestly, it's its the best incentive to get toys for kids. And for the record, Rick, you're not eligible to win any of our toys. Damn. All right. I know. I guess I'll just have to buy my own toys. There's going to be some pretty sweet stuff there. So Yeah. And, and we're also going to we're gonna try and, you know, do the, the raffle part throughout the day so we're not having to wait till the very end of the tournament and mush it all into there. Yes, sir. That is a very key component to that we probably haven't mentioned is that we're going to have lots of toys, but we're going to be giving them away during the day so we don't have to all be there until 9 o'clock at night. That, that's a key component to know. So I think that's all the stuff we have to update on that. Like I said, uh, I think there are directions on the Renegade Open website. So it's renegadeopen.com. If you go to the bolt action section, I believe there is an email that you can email to get on the waiting list. You don't have to pay until they, you're like, hey, by the way, you're on, you made it in. Whatever. So just go on there and, and try and uh, add your name if you could for us, please. All right. Uh, should we take a short break and come back and we'll talk about the British? Yeah, it works for me. Sure. All right. We will be back in a What General Vagon has called the Battle of France is over. The Battle of Britain is about to begin. Upon this battle depends the survival of Christian civilization. Upon it depends our own British life and the long continuity of our institutions and our empire. The whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. Hitler knows 
that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be freed and the life of the world may move forward into broad, sunlit uplands. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age, made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duty, so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its Commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say, this was their finest hour. All right, welcome back. We, we gave you a little something different today. Uh, so you get to hear some Churchill. We hope you like it. I think it's inspirational and it's a little different than what we've done in the past, but still still pretty cool little break segue there. So, And if you haven't guessed, and I think we talked about it at the beginning of the episode, we're talking about the, the armies of Great Britain at this point. So I'm going to start things out and make it a little bit different. Everybody name one thing that they like about Great Britain, and I'm going to say the Beatles because that's my first choice. Uh, Barclays Premier League for me. Oh, there you go. There Dale's you go. going. Uh, I'm sticking with the Magna Carta. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely go with the 007, Ian Fleming. All good choices. They also are home of Warlord. We're going to do a little kiss-ass here because they're still a cool company. So uh, that might play into some of their rule well, sets, maybe. Workshop. No, because they don't scale creep their shit. So, uh, or or power power creep. Yeah, no, I think it's actually a great thing. For any of our listeners uh, in England, all two of you, um, could someone explain to me why like all the great war games should place are all in like Nottingham? Yeah, they're all like on the same road, even. Dude, I I don't know why they are. They must be like these guys are are, can get away with playing with or like making toys for a living. I don't know how they do it. Well, I think the evil empire got so huge. And turned super evil that all the good people left and started their own companies. But they all already lived there. Right. So they all just started these awesome game companies down the road. Didn't a lot of them just spin off from there anyway? I think so. Well, we do know that several people that start or were involved with Warlord came from GW. So I think it's a it's a small community of people as far as I understand. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So, we have to take one of the geek tours so we can tour Warlord sometime. That would be awesome. I, I, it's funny because I recently read a post about that where... A bunch of the people that toured Warlord went over to the GW bar, at Bugman's bar, and got kicked out because <laughs> really? they got so drunk. Oh, and they're like, yep, uh, whoops, that happened. That's so a good enough reason. I, I, I'm going to put this out there, Dale. One-tenth of all of our listeners are from Great Britain, so let's not offend them too much, okay? All right. Too late. I think, yeah, I think fair we enough. already cut all the offensive stuff out. So. <laughs> well, so far, <laughs> we've got a lot of time to go here. All right. Time. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's dig into this. I think there's lots of cool stuff in here. So let's uh, let's start with their special rules because I think they have some awesome ones. I shockingly, a British company made a good British army. That well, doesn't I, surprise me. For I think you have to start with the the vast number of armies that this book covers. Okay, that's fair. Is is the is the British and the Commonwealth armies? And the Commonwealth is like Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. And also covered under the British Army, I believe, as Polish and Irish are actually in part of the British Army. Is that right, Jeff? Uh, within reason, yeah. Or platoons there, or platoons assigned thereof. Subselectors, you bet, yeah. Cool. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of armies that are actually covered just by this book. And the rules that we'll get to kind of are designed to reflect that. Well, the Empire, so. Right on. Yeah, I mean, everyone was kind of chipping in where they could, as it's, yeah, as it's clear. 
at the start of the war, they like you know had like thirty percent of the landmass was British. You know that was that was pop- populated. It's, so. it's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Sun never sets. On. That's why they say that. That's pretty cool, actually. I mean, yeah, I mean, America. We think we're all awesome and sweet and great, yada yada yada. But that's not. We can never say anything like that. So that's kind of cool. Don't say we didn't try. Well, we're not imperialists. <laughs> well, uh, don't say we didn't try. Uh, That'll be the next episode or two. We'll worry about the imperialism. All right, yeah, so let's, let's, dive let's get into, into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let's okay, so we've we've called out the fact that this is a very vast majority or vast group of, of people. It's not just Great Britain. All right, so Correct. now, hey, Pat, is this a um, is this a super big book? I think how many pages is this one? It's the same uh, size as all the rest Pat. of them. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. Yep. It's same uh, format. Same format, same layout. You know, well, it, it helps that a lot of their tanks were reproduced in the U.S. book, but they also have them in this one too. Right, which so. doesn't help the page count because they're still printing all the shit in the same books. But anyway, no, but it's, it's right. still the same size as the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, all the rest of them technically I have on Kindle, so I guess I, I don't have them side by side for comparison. But they look about right. Yeah, I mean, give or take a couple pages. I think the format that they use is pretty much a template at this point, as far as like how big the book is and what they talk about and. How many units and blah, blah, blah. You know. Also, how old is the book? Is this one of the first ones they came out with? I imagine it's their first, but that's my guess. Do you have a copyright on the front there? I don't know. I see 2012 publishing. That doesn't mean that was first published in 2012. Okay. All right. So five years old. Not too shabby. Sorry. All right. Let's let's bust in these rules. Like let's. So they only have three of them, unlike the Germans, which <laughs> had four. Only have three of them. They only ass. have three. That, that feels like a, a bit of. Um... That's weighted. Yeah. That's that's, <laughs> that's, that's false. Anyway, oh. all right. Let's so they talk had, about them. They have this bombardment rule, which only applies if you have a preparatory bombardment in your game. So you know some of the attacker defender scenarios, some of the other ones. But what you get to do is when you normally roll d6. For when resolving the bombardment, so you, the preparatory bombardment, you roll a d6 on a 2 plus, you get it. So after that happens is when this rule takes effect. When you're targeting each unit that's, that's on the board, you roll 2d6 and pick which one of the results you want to apply to that unit. Sweet. Straightforward. I, I, have, yeah, have, yet, kind of math. I have yet to yeah. use it. Yeah, it's like it doesn't typically probably affect most people since, or well, not most people. So it affects it's, like half your games because that's it's a handful. It's a handful yeah. of scenarios, and right. you have to be on the side that has that, that actually has that rule, the preparatory bombardment. Okay. So right. right. Um, here, here's the here's the one I know Rick's a big fan of, and this is the artillery support special rule, and this allows a regular artillery afford observer for free. So when that, you bring it, Pat, I'm totally cool with it. Okay. How, um, how, yeah, if he thanks. wasn't free, how much would we spend? 100 points, points. Okay. for regular. 300 points. 300 points. Let that sink in for a second. Okay, good. That's awesome. That's a nice Free buff. Free 100 points. One zero zero. You can add up to two bodyguards with him or two bros for 10 points each because he has to be regular. And you can still buy another artillery observer. So right, you, could so you can have, have two, two of them. Yep. And now there, there's a small disclaimer that says that you cannot take, you can't take him if it's not available in your selector, which I have not seen a, a selector or a theater published that doesn't allow artillery observers yet. So, but they're putting it in there just because, and I, I think it was alluded to in the FAQ, just in case they do plan on coming out with a scenario where uh, forward observers aren't allowed in the scenario selector, this guy would not be available then. Okay. I've not read through C-Line yet, but I wonder if it's not available always there. I don't know. I'm sure, that, actually, that it's not available in all the small, small platoon games. Uh, every 
every theater selector that's in this book still still has them in there. And obviously right they reinforced us, too. Yeah. There's lots of other selectors, though, too, I'm sure, still. This is a good one, like this one. It is. Because yeah, they... They can be. They can be very effective. They can do nothing. They can blow up your own guys. It's it's a it's a whole virtual smorgasbord of fun. And they're free. And, and they're free. So free you, you kind of feel obligated to take it, even even though you've had several bad results in a row with it. You still feel obligated to take it because this time it could happen. You know, to be honest, like you, if if you're like fearing that you're not going to do anything with it, you'd still put it on the table and like make the other guy shoot it off just as a threat. Like I might land it on all your infantry. Extra dice in the. And it's an extra dice yeah. in the bag. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, which, it could be a decoy. You could totally be faking them out and be like, I really don't want to land this shit on myself, so let's let's just sit it here and make you shoot at it. Waste all someone right, else's so orders. In all the games we've played against a British player, have they ever not used it? No. <laughs> You're always going to use it. Yeah, I've never seen someone not take it when they can. Yeah. Uh, why would you? It's like it's any other... That's like you not using the bonsai rule with Japanese. Like, yeah, I'm just not going to use this national rule. It's dumb. Like that doesn't that doesn't happen. Like that well, doesn't make sense. Bonsai doesn't hurt me. Safe way that land in an artillery strike. Would. Good point. Fair point. Is landing when, your own artillery on your own head is a, <laughs> when when uh, when you do land an artillery strike, you do get some very hateful glares. Some people or, feel really really ripped off by that. Or when you miss and actually still kill two tanks in a unit. Yes, that's that's a thing too. <sighs> yeah. Listen to episode five. That there you go. You can index that one. Um, okay, well, I think that's an awesome role. I don't know if there's anything else we have to say about that one other than if you're playing British, buy yourself take an it. observer. Take it, take it, take it, take it. Why take would it. you not? Ten yeah. points, uh, send a bro with him just in case someone tries to get a pot shot early. You know, sometimes it's a turn or two to get in position you want to, but yeah, for ten points in order dice, not too bad. Plus, he's also one of those, you know, he's like the, the same officer role, so he's has whatever gun he's modeled with. So if you want to sneak in an SMG and get a little cheesy or whatever, you can you know you can free yourself three points for getting an SMG on him. I think the British call that cheeky. Cheeky. Just, Sorry. Well, we did we did promise to offend. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll try even more here as we go. Okay. All right. So like, go, go ahead. ahead. All right. No, no, you. Their their third and final special rule. This isn't it, one rule. This is a national characteristic. So this is what they did to try to kind of encompass the flavor of the different armies that uh, that fall under this book. So they actually have you can choose one of these five special rules they have, and I'm just going to list them quickly, and then we'll right. go into. Right. So they have they have what? How many is that? That's eight special rules then. Seven. But you can rules? you can only pick one of these five. Right. Up and at them, blood curdling charge, tough as boots, rapid fire, and vengeance. So of no, those you five, say, you get to apply one. Would you say that they try to encompass the empire or the commonwealth? Um, are you limited to what you can choose based off of what you put onto the table, or can you just pick whichever one fit, fit is going to fit the scenario? You can, you, well, there's depends what kind of game you are, I guess, but uh, you can do it for historical flavor's sake. But they actually spelled out in here that they didn't want to, uh, let's see, so they don't want to allocate a role to each nationality, mostly because we couldn't bear to argue over who is the toughest Australians or who is the toughest fighters, Australians or Canadians, or who is most disciplined, British or Indians. So. They, they kind of, I think wah, they kind of, they, oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it is eight special rules then. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, you only you get to use one. one of these. So uh, I have a couple personal favorites. You guys all know how much I really enjoy the rapid fire. Yeah, like especially when you're putting a giant ass unit in a church. It's yes. Fun. So rapid fire is for every three rifle, every three rifles that are firing, you get a bonus shot. 
So if you have nine rifles firing, you're going to get to fire 12 shots. And those three bonus shots can be taken from anywhere within that unit. So if you have like half the units at long range and the halves at regular range, you can have those three bonus shots taken from the guys that are at the shorter range. I like that. That's clean. Yep. Yep. So that's one of my personal favorites. Uh, now here's here's the one that you here's two of these that I think are are going to be I'll be using them a lot once I get those Gurkhas on the table and that, this the blood curdling charge. Shut your mouth. So the blood curdling charge. Um, basically, when you declare a charge, they can they can't fire the receiving unit can't shoot at you. Really, Pat? Yes. Come on, no. What? Girls. Come on. I, that seems like overkill. Don't use yeah. that rule with the Gurkhas. Anyways, we'll Give talk someone about a fighting chance here. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Let's get let's get through these rules. All right. So that one's no firing when you charge. Great. Okay. That's gross. So they cause fear when they charge. All right. Yep. Oh, it's a blood curdling charge. I mean, right. The Gurkhas make sense, but this still just seems. And like you can't said. react to an assault. So right. anyway, like Dale said, overkill. Uh, anyway. Then, then there's toughest boots, which I think is also another really good power play into the Gurkhas, and this is like rapid fire for um, assaulting. So for every which you three, don't need for Gurkhas, that's overkill. Right. For every three guys that are assaulting, you get an extra assault dice. Bomb it! All right, keep moving. So. <laughs> wow! I'm sorry. Because you're talking about Gurkhas already, and we haven't even gotten that far. Because it's not enough to stab a guy and kick him when he's down. Right, you, you got to stab him in the junk head. when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you'll really like this one then. The up and Adam. So when you're when you give an assault order, they automatically pass, regardless of how many pins they automatically pass. Right. So they get the bonds they charge, essentially. Well, essentially, that part of it, it doesn't yeah. have to be at the closest. It, yeah, it's whatever right. target they oh, want. Fair enough. It can yep. be any target. As long as they're assaulting, they get to they yep. pass automatically. Now, keep in mind, all these rules only apply to uh, regular or veteran. They do not apply to any inexperienced troops. Oh, that's vengeance. okay. Yeah, you vengeance? Cover vengeance. I, that's the fifth one. So oh, We've only covered four so far. Sorry, I can't count oh, anymore. Fair enough. That's okay. It's Friday night. We're, we're just chilling. straight. I'm on my third beer. So There you go. Uh, yep. So vengeance is... When you go to issue an order to a unit, you can if there's an enemy unit within 12 inches of it, you can first roll a d6 on a four plus. You pull a pin off that unit before you have to make before you have to worry about the order check. Order check. So this is one of those few circumstances in the game where you can pre-measure. Correct. Yep, I remember so, that. So it's got a little more of a a little more than just pulling a pin off in a 50% chance, which is kind of cool because you're also seeing what's at 12 inches, which is oddly enough salt range for most things. So, but you oh, you can only pick one of these five. You don't get all five of them. You don't get two of them. You just get one. But shockingly enough, most armies will pick one based on what's the best for their units that they've chosen. That's kind of what they're supposed their, to do. Yeah, I, which is understandable. I, I get it. Uh, so, things can are better you, than others. Um, when you put your list together, do you pick the the national characteristic, or can you pick the national characteristic when you see what the scenario is? So, if you're in a tournament with three games. Does your list have to have the same national characteristic in all three games, or do you get to kind of have some fun with that? No, no. It's it's determined at the time you create the list. Okay, all right. Yeah, so, otherwise that would be even worse. Yeah. Now, if you're sitting down for a pickup game and you're writing your list on the fly, you know what, no, no holds barred. But sure. uh, tournament lists, uh, everyone, I've, everyone I've submitted a list for, you include it. I mean, uh, Easy Army has it right there. It's, a, it's part of one of the selectors is actually in there that you make sure you check it. So, okay. or not check it and don't take a special rule, and then you only have the two special rules. Right, and there's a free artillery observer in there somewhere too. You got to find. That's the second special rule. So there you go. That's that's their only three special rules that they have, or seven. I think there's seven. <laughs> Just gonna say. 
I, I count differently than Pat does. <laughs> There's only three of those that apply during the course to to the course uh, of a game. Any one game, correct? Yes. yes. But you have five to choose. From. It's it's actually a really cool. I I actually really like it from a sense that you do get to kind of tailor your your army list, and then you get to try and get some bonus out of that list. Whereas a lot of times, like Tiger Fear, for instance, if I don't have a if I don't have something that has Tiger Fear, I don't get to take advantage of that rule. And I think at least with this one, you're like. You can build around the list that you've built, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I like really it cool too. Other armies, actually. Right, I feel like this is uh, like I don't necessarily feel like this is something that you couldn't apply to other armies in a sense that they could have some other rules to pick from. It but, really feels like it. Um, it allows you to build different kinds of lists that do things in a different way, and then you can select a characteristic that would support that. So, and I like I like being able to get a list, and it plays multiple different ways depending upon what you've collected, what you feel like doing, or if you're really interested in one uh, platoon historically or something like that. That's cool. I, I like what they did here. It, it, yeah. you can you can basically like have like a same list and then just pick a different rule for it and learn to play the same list in a different role, a different way. I've done that before, just trying to test out what these different things do. Trouble is that when I've played the Vengeance rule, I've gone through half the game forgetting I have it. So <laughs> that's that's, that's a player fault, not a game mechanic fault, yeah. though. I, I will say the one time I, I like I, I think I've only faced Vengeance once, and if I was actually very underwhelmed by that one rule. I feel like the other four arguably are better. Um, Up and Adam's significantly better than Vengeance in my mind because that's just a free assault. And like you said, 12 inches of your assault, why would you not just assault like, well, remember, Vengeance is the only one that's letting you pre-measure that 12-inch range. And again, you yeah, know, all these special you, rules. We're going to get pretty good at that. Yeah, well, I used to say, so. any game you play, like, I remember when you couldn't pre-measure in any other game, and you get pretty good at knowing when you're, where your 48 inches is. And, and you, you shoot the turn before, and then you know that you're 18 inches away, so as long as you move right. 6 inches, then and you're going to Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, we've played so many games where pre-measuring wasn't allowed, I don't, I'm not worried about that myself, but... It is nice to be able to gauge sometimes when you're like, yeah, is that really twelve? Well, oh, think, we're about to find out. <laughs> did, did you did you miss the part where in a, a four plus you remove a pin before you have to make the order test? Which is which is nice. Which Other is than nice. the fact that up and Adam, you automatically pass on assault. Right. So. That's kind of my that's my that's, that's my true. Point. But you know, vengeance can let you do it if you're you know still shooting. Like for example, Rick, you'll it's, it's custom to my fact. I actually played against you with vengeance as a special rule, but you apparently it wasn't significant enough. But you had your tank, and obviously my troops that were within twelve inches weren't going to do anything that tank, but I still was successful in moving a pin, which actually made their order check possible where they moved out and did something else. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I guess I'm not remembering that game quite as well as the, one of the games I played in, in the last It was last the one where you had to borrow my Sherman and I had to blow it up. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 fair enough. I remember that one a little bit. Um, oh, but I think I still won that game, didn't I? It was designed for you to win. <laughs> <laughs> That's no your access. excuse. That's your excuse. I All won right. that one too. It was totally designed for us to win. So no, no, it. no. It was it was a hard fought battle that Pat sat back and decided to kill my really fast tank and didn't come at my objectives quite hard enough, fast enough. <laughs> anyway, so All right. Jeff, <laughs> um, from a historical standpoint, um, do these do these rules fit? Do you feel like they could have done something different? Are you happy with this? Or you know, within reason, I'm pretty happy with how. The, the the empire and the British Empire is so big and but they're absolutely right. There's no way they could ever get you know specific part of the Commonwealth you know, should have had. So yeah, I think it's do a good to really get the ability to tailor your force. It's it's pretty good on that. I mean, it's good as you're ever going to get. I'm sure. Right. I was going to ask is is this? Would you argue or would you say that 
it's less historically accurate that some, some well, I guess to, to Pat's point, they didn't want to argue about which army was tough as boots, but like some of those rules seem to only maybe have applied to certain countries within, within this book, but uh, so apparently they just let you do it everywhere. Does that make a difference to you at all? Or is, is it just my brain a little bit? No, for a game, no. I mean, it would be, that book would have to be three times as long if they, you know, give everything the rules it should like, kind of let you do it your if you make something that's really historic, well, you can do that with any O. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Yeah. I just asking because I, I'm like I can see some of this just being like, well, it's the British and they're a British company. I can see them maybe maybe giving them some cool shit compared to All others. Little, little Homer action there. Yeah, little, little. Yeah, they get they give them a little bit more than everyone yeah. else, which I think is 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 I, cool. They were a I significant. I mean, they were the most. significant They only get portion three of the special war. rules. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! Come on. <laughs> Well, don't, don't they have a, a couple of units that basically have another two or three special rules added on? And... Right. There's other stuff. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> I'm but sure my, we'll cover my, that. My point is if I got two special rules, one of them being a free unit in the German army, and then I get to choose between Hitler's buzzsaw, Tiger Fear, and Blitzkrieg. I'm just saying is like that's the same argument. I only have three special rules. No, I have, I, I have a, a slew of choices, which is really awesome. Like this, I think you're undervaluing what you're saying there by saying you only have three specials. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm I'm not trying to discredit the British. I'm just saying, don't undersell it by saying you only have three specials. You really have seven. Yeah, but I really get you going when I do. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just want to say that the first one is very situational. The bombardment. Right, is bombardment is, is so really. Right. It's just two rules. <laughs> All right, we're done here. We're going home. Good night, folks. We. <laughs> yeah, like I said, British company making a British army. I wonder if they may have got a little bit extra. It's okay. I don't think so. No, you don't think so? Okay. I think they're powerful in the game, maybe more so than certain others, but I don't, I don't think to the point where it's like... Well, sense. yeah, no, no, I, I don't think they're broken. I honestly don't think they're broken. It's, it's a very fine list. They've done a great job. At, I, I think it's still very balanced in most circumstances. The, those <laughs> rules are great. I, in most I, circumstances. Well, in most circumstances. I mean, everything in, and I mean, the Germans are broken in certain circumstances too, right? Like you can make anything be wrong in some circumstances, but I, I feel like they did a good job. Everything's balanced. Shit can get bent no matter which way you go. So it doesn't matter. Yep. There's a couple things in here that we'll talk about that'll probably get you get get some people going, like Rip, uh, for example. <laughs> you'll get you'll get me going here. No, I don't. Uh, well, maybe some of these. Should we just start out with the one that everyone hates? No, 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 no. All right, fine. <laughs> let's, we'll let's get build up to it. Let's build let's get through design. all the cool shit. All right, all right. Let's get all through this, the cool stuff before we all get angry. All right. Uh, so so are we going to move on to inf- infantry here? Yeah, their already? headquarters are the same as everyone else. Yeah, yeah. they don't have anything cool. Like that, yeah. Other than that yeah. free observer, which, you know, everyone yeah, yeah, loves. Yeah, we already, we've already covered, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then they've got should, you know, yeah. vanilla, vanilla, vanilla selectors for regular infantry, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they do have an odd one, which is the home guard section, which I think is just basically took everyone who couldn't actually serve in the army and, like, gave them guns. So they're inexperienced squad of five. Um, what's interesting about them is they actually can have a BAR in their selector, and they can also have uh, shotguns and an LMG. So it's it's kind of a little mixed thing. And I think only the the daddy your daddy's army I think is the selector that this actually applies to. 
Is it Daddy or Dad's Army? Your Dad's Army? Dad's Army, yeah. That, Daddy's that, Army is a different that might have been a, That might have been a late night special somewhere. I think it's your Dad's Army. It's like the cheap knockoff version of it. Yes, Dad's Army. Yeah, so that's the selector in which the Home Guard exists in. So they're kind of cool. Which I think that just got significantly expanded with the new Sea Lion book. That's the only reason why I mentioned it. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that they're going to be a big factor in that. In fact, uh, I think you saw the War- did you see the Warlords new letter today where they dropped some more units basically for Sea Lion. Yeah, dude, they got yeah, the Yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, lots of cool new stuff. Really cool. I don't know if... Did, so, okay, we, we actually skipped a, a piece of our opening act. Uh, so LRDG2 has been talking about Sea Lion. And uh, they they were talking about a lot of the stuff. I, did they release the roller skaters yet? Uh, have they released those guys I yet? I did not see them. So I didn't see them either. Those guys are it's they're hilarious as far as the rules are concerned. I don't remember all the rules. I just know on roads they get to move nine or eighteen, and they're foot foot infantry. But if they're on anything else, they move three six. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> Just, like, wow. Well, they're wearing freaking roller skates, dude. They're really nice. slow in the dirt and shit. Like, I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, the best unit ever. They're just, like, they're hauling ass around in roller skates trying to shoot people. I think it's great. It's, like, and they got, like, archer units. I got all sorts of stuff in the Sea Lion book. I, I'm really going to need to sit down and read it. And we'll probably have a future episode about it and... Yeah, I would no. be very disappointed if we didn't. No, right. I mean, we're we're late to the game. Brad, like uh, Brad, and uh, I can't remember who was with him. Jeremy, and I can't remember. I'm sorry, I can't it, remember the last guy's name. Is it Sean? I haven't listened. No. I've only I've only downloaded it now, so I haven't been able to listen to it yet. Yeah, so. no, I don't. I don't remember who the last person was. But uh, so anyway, they talk he's, about this. There's one who's been on there before. I recognize his voice. Yes, he has been on there multiple times. I just can't remember his name. Is it Luke? It's Luke. I think it's Luke. Sounds right, but I might be wrong. Don't hold me to it. Right now, anyway. his, right now, his name is Luke for purposes of this conversation. <laughs> right. So anyway, they do a great job covering some of the cool stuff about it. They go through some of the unit stuff. Uh, worth listening to. I'm sure we'll cover it sometime and we'll totally butcher it too. So no worries. Uh, should we get into infantry then? Did yeah. we already get into infantry? We, uh, no. the, the home guard section kind home of guard. Yeah, yeah, up yeah, that sorry. last, yeah. that last yep. bit. So okay. like I said, the interesting thing about them is they're – so I think they're green. Yeah, they're green. Inexperienced. Which is inexperienced until they – is it casualty or get shot at? I think it's casualty, and then they can test and possibly become regular. Take, take yeah. a casualty? I think it's it's not just a pin. I think they have to take a casualty. Yeah, it has to be a casualty. Yeah. Yep. So, But they uh, they can, they also have the option to take one BAR, which I thought was kind of fun, and the option to take uh, shotguns. They also have okay. the unarmed infantry here. Whoa. Yes, they do. Which Wait, you don't see what? very often. Well, okay, so you can buy five guys that come with rifles, and you can buy – uh, additional dudes at three points each that are unarmed, and then you can opt to give them weapons later. Are they prison conscripts like no. the no, they're, nope, they're just the people like the the too young or too old to actually have been in, they're the, literally in the army. Meat shields. Gross. Okay. Yeah, their only value is as casualties, which is that, that makes me dire. Yeah. Well, that's why you spend two points and give them a rifle, yep. damn straight, or you a do. pistol or something. Yeah. Like, there's one thing about, like, prisoners, but even the prisoners, like, they... But they they're not, they're not prisoners. Well, right, no, I'm just saying in the Russian side, like, the 
they might they were prisoners. I mean, so, it doesn't make it better because so they may not have actually been prisoners for a good reason. They were local but, defense volunteers that were assembled for men too old or otherwise exempt from military service. So they're not hey, prisoners. Hey, sorry, man. We don't have a gun for you. Can you run forward anyway? <laughs> well, uh, they're defending figure, their homes. Yeah, yeah fair you, enough. Fair right, enough. I guess figure, you might do things differently. It's the yeah, home guard. They're not it. sending them out into Germany no. to go and kill Hitler. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. That's, that's maybe a difference between the Soviets <laughs> and the Brits. All right. Getting you prepared, maybe. Maybe just all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, all right. Defense. So you know, grab grab your golf club just in case they come over your your ranch fence and you know swing at them with it. Right. Well, again, Sea Lion has uh, what are they? Cricket? A cricket team? You can have a cricket team. They all got cricket bats and shit. See? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Or you figure if anything happened and we had to go, um, there's no way they'd give us guns because we'd end up just shooting each other. So or shooting yourself like, in an accident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's more dangerous to give us weapons than you know. No, so. uh, maybe. I. I mean, I think we all have a fairly healthy fear of guns. I'm just pointing that out. I think we wouldn't point it at ourselves or others if we didn't have to. But that's okay. All right. That's discussion for another day. Yep. And they've also got you know they go they're veterans so they have all levels inexperienced regular veteran uh, I believe almost every squad can at least take uh, an LMG. Late war, the veterans can actually get two LMGs in their squad, and their submachine guns, I think the most they ever get is with the NCO, like four. Is this a, just like their general infantry selector? Or yep. selection? Okay. just their general infantry. So it's the late war that they actually be able to get more, and uh, they get more They get two LMGs in the veteran squad, and then I think they can have like three, like four, four or five submachine guns is kind of where they max out for SMGs. Which seems more than a lot of other, I mean, not Soviets, of course, but other armies don't necessarily get as many SMGs at that point level, as far as I understand, but maybe I'm wrong. Veteran late wars wouldn't have four SMGs in a squad? I don't know. I'm questioning And they are all 10-man squads, by the way. Okay. Most, they, all most cap, so, they all cap at 10. So the Brits are almost always 10. Okay. Yep. I haven't, I have, anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't seen one that doesn't. Um, uh, sorry, the SAS cap, like, at, SAS cap at 8. Okay. You have some that are less, but you don't have some that are more. There's... Yep. No 12-man squads. Okay. So yep. far, still pretty generic and run of them. Yep. And then they've got paratroopers or English Falschmjagers, which are veterans and stubborn. Uh, they did you get... just say English Falschmjagers? Yes, I did. <laughs> well, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, no, they didn't. No, that doesn't work. That's that's the opposite of what I've ever heard. <laughs> and Jeff just, like, rolled his eyes at you. I could, I could feel his eyes rolling. So by army what? standards, there are paratroopers that were British, and they have similar rules to what the Falschmjäger have. Is that what you were getting at? Yes, that's what I'm getting All at. Right, okay, we also right. last episode we had also called the Falschmjäger German paratroopers. Well, which is tr- still true. Paratroopers right. are that's like calling a ski squad a ski squad. Like they still minute. are using parachutes to fall out of the sky. <laughs> paratroopers can have bicycles. How does that work? Welk bikes. So they look like scooters. Yep, they're, they're little battery-powered bikes. Oh. Like the little razors that the kids are running around on now. Yes. I can just see a bunch Pretty of British much. guys rolling around on scooters and razors. <laughs> hey, man, when you got to travel a certain distance, you want to arrive to the... Yeah, no. I, I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for the Americans to get on segways then. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully not in bolt action. Conflict no, right? Action. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's late, much later in game. But, but these guys are stubborn. I don't think that yes. the German paratroopers get stubborn. So late war, late war, they do. Okay. Yeah, I think they do. And then these guys get it from the word go, and they're veterans. Right. So they start as. Now, Pat, do they have a separate entry for for the Polish in the book? Because I know it's not easy army. No. 
they don't have anything separating out the different nations in here. They didn't want sure. to say which was better or worse, I guess. Well, I mean, they'd have the same rules. They're equipped the same British paratroopers, but you could uh, Polish and parachute. Probably have different um, gear, outfits, uh, No, they literally, the only thing that's different is the color of the... Okay. Yeah, and the same thing for, like, Canadian forces, too. Is just the uniform variations. Right. Well, I suppose after all Dunkirk, outfitted. all the Polish that are there being outfitted from the same place. So. Well, actually, after fall of Poland, started getting because <laughs> oh, yeah. lost a lot. There was actually a side note of your history. There's an equipment ally forces. Uh, mid to late war, the French got American equipment after, and the Polish British equipment. Well, and to go back to the German book for a second, the Fallschirmjäger, even early war, are stubborn. Okay, see. Oh, and they're veteran okay. as well, so they're they're kind of the equivalent in both circumstances. Okay. Stubborn are they both are they both fourteen points each? I I imagine. I don't know. I'm not going to do the math. Thirteen there. points veteran, one point stubborn usually correct. is. Yeah, that sounds about right. That, yes, they are. That that is actually correct. So, and then they've got commandos, which is another special forces, the Green Berets. So these are all veterans. Um, they are tough fighters. They uh, have behind enemy lines, so when outflanking, they ignore the minus one modifier. Uh, they can have light machine gun, but that light machine gun can be upgraded to a Vickers K, which means it gets an extra dice. For five points, it borrows the uh, Hitler's buzzsaw. So it's got five dice LMG. For 25 points, you can have it in there. And I think they can have like four SMGs in there. All, you know, they start with rifles and three points each, which I, I don't like that they already give them tough fighter, and then they make them pay three more points to get SMGs when SMGs confers tough fighter. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Sure. Didn't the yeah. British, weren't they the original, didn't they develop the original commando unit? Was that a British thing in World War II? Uh, kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought I remember reading that summer, so. Yeah, I think you should probably give them... Okay, so that's cool. I like these, you know, first time out kind of things, so that feels very um, thematic. Plus these things look sweet. It's nice to have just some color variation between all the tans and actually get some green and some nice the, the nice uh, maroon from the paratroopers. And then do we want to do the first unit everybody hates, which would be the Shindits? No, no, no. no, no, no. Uh, what, about, no? what about the SAS? The SAS. Yeah. Okay, we can go through them. Uh, SAS, so they are Special Air Services. They are also all veterans. And, oops, didn't mean to close that one. Sorry, Peter, technical difficulties. So they, um, so they're fanatics, and this is the only fanatic selection in the British Army. Uh, they are all equipped with pistols, which means they have assault. Uh, they're all veteran. They max at eight, and they can upgrade to have two Vickers Ks in their unit for 50 points. They also, they also have, get behind enemy lines. Don't they also they? have behind enemy lines. Yep. So they're fanatic, which I think they actually uh, dare dare to something. I forget exactly what they Who call it. Wins. Who dares win? Yes, thank you. Now, out of curiosity, Pat, do you ever actually take the Vickers K? Like every time I can. Yes. To basics, you're paying. You're willing to pay five points for every. So essentially, for a German machine gun. Yes. All right. Okay. So these are like uh, beefed up commandos. Yes, they are. These you will ever. When I when they I put them like really super uber badass. Okay. Oh, they're they're pretty good. Uh, what? Yeah, Fifteen like points a guy. Eighteen points a guy. Well, that's that's pretty pricey, right? Or so. Yeah. Ouch. Wow. You're so. Do they have what else do they have in there? Guy in mind who dares to so their fanatics, which is what usually a three point. Yeah. Pistol, which gives assault. Both pistol and assault are a point. So veteran, you know that's. Yeah, fanatic tough fighter. Yeah. 
Oh, they all come with pistols and rifles. That's yes. that's a kind of cool that they all get pistols. Yeah, that. Yes. That, now, yeah, you know, well, they're fanatic. They're not. Yeah, so they they get assault, which gives them tough fighter, yeah. and they have fanatic. Yep. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good little combo there. That's you can give them submachine guns yep. if you really want to. For two points a model, which is one point less than everyone else. They're paying well, a lot already. And they're yeah, you're already paying a point true. for the pistol and assault. Right, right. No, I'm I'm just saying is like if you really want the extra shots, you you still are getting a, a discount on the. Yeah, and I think right, when you they essentially paid for the pistol, you're upgrading to a submachine gun instead of a pistol. That's all I see there. Right, and I I think as they you know go through and revamp book, books in the future, that I think if something is already a tough fighter, they won't. It'll be a two point upgrade to an SMG instead of a three point upgrade to an SMG. Sure, I could see that. That'd be I nice. could see that coming. So I actually fielded unit eight of these with two Vicar Ks at the team tournament Adepticon, and they didn't take a casualty the entire tournament. Good result. Yes, uh, considering what the unit was 182 points or something like that to put on the table. Ouch! I I'm shocked that somebody didn't just try and blow them off the table when you're paying playing that low they're, level. Uh, they're they're out flanking, and every time they came in, they had oh, a fair. big juicy target to come tearing through, and they did fair. just fine. Cool. So I'm a big fan of these guys. Yes, they're pricey, but they they yeah. really have results. So cool. All right, so that's it, right? No more infantry. Yep, we're done. All right. Okay, moving if we, on. If we ignore it, you know, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I, I I tried that with Tiger Fear, but it didn't didn't really happen. <laughs> it got into the damn title of this show. Yes. <laughs> so the first one I got is the Chindits, which is another veteran jungle fighter. Um, you know, they're 15 points each. Come with a rifle. They also got behind enemy lines, and then they've got this little thing called fire maneuver, which means they ignore the minus one to hit penalty for moving and firing, much like the Americans get for free, but this is basically a two-point adder for them. They can also have a light machine gun, and uh, so two SMGs can be in the unit as well, although they're much rifles. Well, either they're paying two points for fire maneuver and they're getting behind enemy lines for free, or... They're paying for behind enemy lines and they get fire maneuver. Something right. in there, because there's two, they're two points over just the stock cost of a veteran. Or they're just paying one, one point for each. Or they're paying one each. Which is pretty darn good. When you take those, it's not like either one of those rules is like super good by themselves, but actually being able to come on and not taking any penalties right away is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Like It's a good combo together. I, I like it. it I, don't think it's, I don't think it's overpowered by any stretch of imagination. I actually... I'm not super familiar with them, so I don't know exactly if it's flavorful or not. But I'll try and get some painted up. Well, this doesn't mean I know what they were historically. Oh, okay. Jungle fighters. So they're basically okay. weren't they like uh, Burma and that area? Does that sound right? Over in Asia, is that right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. So they were just good jungle fighters. Yeah. yeah. The the actually the flavor text behind them actually calls them out as jungle survivors and were able to penetrate behind lines and did hit and fade tactics, which is kind of where they get the fire maneuver from. I'm okay. just going to kick cool. in again. This is a really interesting. So, right, I'm not familiar with this very well. So, right, like for us, Pacific theater involving the island hopping camp, but like there's a whole sec, Burma and the, the Japanese from getting right in Singapore and right, all the way yeah. through to the yeah. section of the war in there. So, we weren't involved. Right. So, yeah, if if, if the Americans weren't involved, they we weren't told about it or taught about it. So, all right. So this is where the Chindits were were active then. Okay. Okay. Cool. So Burma. Some of that area. Cool. All right. Uh, so now we're done. 
Right, right, I, we're done. I think we've covered the Gurkhas very well in several yeah, different episodes. Yeah, we've talked about them before. Everyone talks about the Gurkhas. So, All right, the, so the, the Gurkhas. full rundown is that they're veterans. They're 14 points each. Um, there, can, there can only be a total of three SMGs in a unit and an LMG. Well, that's a nice. They're not keeping it so they're super powered. Only the SMGs. <laughs> so the right, but they're they're tough fighters. Right. So you don't even need the SMGs. So there's four points you don't have to spend. So you know. Oh, yeah. So they're tough fighters. So you 13 veteran, one point tough fighter, and oh yeah, the most disgusting rule, which I have them. So I think they're fascinating until I run up against another Brit player who's running them. I find it very disgusting. So I'm all sure. of you guys just got the same alert, right? I did. Yeah. yeah that's mine going off too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mine hasn't chimed off yet. Jeez Louise. Well, they want you to know what's happening. So. Yeah. No, there's the Nambro oh, right now. Okay. Sorry, guys. I wish they would... There it is. There's mine. I wish they would save that for, like... Children being kidnapped from car... Yeah, that's... that's uh, this is kind of where I want it, Pat, or, uh, Jeff. Well, apparently that was just the warning about the scary blighter rule. Here comes, <laughs> here comes the pain. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so let's start that over again, uh, wherever we were. So we were talking about how they limited the SMGs so they were oh, too yes, overpowered, but then someone pointed out that they were tough fighters, so it would be an inefficiency right. we to don't actually need get them. the SMGs. So yeah, and they actually have their SMGs only cost them two points each, whereas the, the commandos have to pay three points for them, even though both are tough fighters, so I, I don't understand that one. Yeah. Someone has a big boner for Gurkhas, that's why. Yep. Apparently they were hard asses in the war. Hey, they're, they were. Nepalese people do their jobs. You kind of have to make them awesome because no one wants to. They really right, they... food in Nepal, too. Oop. Holy cow, it's going off again. No, that's my, that's my wife's phone. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's laughing at us right now. Oh, my golly. All right. So uh, all kinds of uh, bells and whistles have been gone around the Gurkhas. That's actually a little ironic, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah, right. So what's the worst thing about, about these them? guys? Is they have the number of attacks coming at them in an assault. Right, so they have Scary Blighter. That's, yep. I mean, really, ultimately, the thing that makes them so good is Scary Blighter. Yes. And t- I guess anti-Tough Fighter with it. Tough Fighter just adds just adds on. Just piles yeah. on. Yeah. Yep. So I, for me, I, I think the rules are, well, I've already said what I, th- I think about the rules. I think that they're essentially, what, 14 points apiece? Yep. That's, underpriced. Yeah, that, that's just underpriced. That's the thing that gets me. They're a fantastic value. <laughs> yes. I don't know what I would value. What's a standard? What's a standard veteran unit? Thirteen Thir- points. Thirteen points. So yep. you're paying one point. Okay, so you're paying one point for tough fighter and scary blighter. I wouldn't that, get one free. Apparently, it's like the Walmart special on this one then because they're that's. I mean, I figure. I think scary blighters are two or three point upgrade minimum. There, by itself. It's it it's doesn't apply all the time, you know. If you're in a shoot battle, you know, yeah. it only applies right. to certain situations. Right, because you aren't gonna run at the other guy. <laughs> just like just, I'm just saying, saying you're going to assault them. That's kind of the point. If you're not getting shot at <laughs> you're you're because it's you're running into their face and you're trying to kill them. I mean, and you're also gonna take tough as boots or blood curdling charge with them. Right, no, exactly my point. No, no you're, you're not. not. But, you're gonna take up and at him. That Maybe. is also a very good option. That's because a good option. Because that way, they'll always go in when you want them to go in. They no. don't need toughest boots, and they don't need blood-curling roar, because when they get there, they're they going to destroy face. whatever they touch, yep. just yep. with their own um, fantastically um, valued rule set. No, that's not to say that there aren't some flubs, but this this like, this like breaks average rolling, right? Like this, like this You could flub a roll, and they could flub a roll, or vice versa. You could have three guys... like. 
it could be a disparaging, like, or for instance, Jeff's game or Jeff and I's game at the team tournament at Adepticon where there were like seven guys against Jeff's three and miraculously Jeff won. Like this breaks that because it never will happen. Right. Because it'll just never freaking happen because it's just not something that could possibly happen. This this is going to be, forgive me for saying it, this is, I am legitimately going to say is undercosted to the point. broken. Yeah. I think they're broken. But thankfully you can't take a whole army of them, right, Pat? Uh, depends on. Actually, yeah. you, you you can. Yeah. I, I know. You? I was joking when I said that. Like, I, I because I mean, you're not you're not that guy. I mean, that's that's the only reason why nobody takes a whole army of these because you don't want to be that guy. It's even fun to say Gurkha. I mean, Gurkha. Gurkha. I, I, Gurkha. I have Gurkha symbols on my dice. So. Well, so why have you not painted sixty of those? Why are you painting paratroopers, Pat? Like, come on, man, get on it. No, oh, really don't. I don't. You don't need to paint any Gurkhas. Yes, you, you can You can take uh, all five selectors as Gurkhas and, yeah, wow. of course, Poon if you want to. Yeah, these are fantastic. These guys are just little bit. These guys are too. Right. So. It's Again, it's a, it's one of those things that if you did that, I, if you want to do it, go for it. I only it. have 22 of them. So. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, I quit. I'm done. <laughs> I Podcast so can, over. You can have a We're... max of 10 others. So. Yep. Max of 10 in a unit. Yep. Yeah. The problem is, is okay. So, like one unit, yeah, you know how to deal with them, right? Because you can you can whittle them down so they're so small that you can mitigate their number of attacks. Because if you have ten guys and they have two, so you're still getting five to their two. So they're yeah, veterans. They are still just veterans. They're not right. stubborn. Yeah. They're not fanatic. You're not selling me, Pat. You're not making I'm, a difference. I'm saying, you know, shooting pins. Tough shooting right. pins can mitigate them a yep. little bit. There, there are some ways to get. Well, I mean, but you're. Again, I think a howitzer would do just roles. fine to them. Yes. As long sure. as you don't, I mean, if you go down, yeah. great. That means you're not coming at me, right? Right. Like there are ways, there are ways to beat the Gurkhas. I, I think the problem is, and one you unit don't is have, fine. You could deal with them. Five units might be a bigger dilemma because you, you don't, you don't have to make them. a test just because you're in the line of sight of a Gurkha unit. Right. There's, there's no Gurkha fear. <laughs> I don't know. This I, feels, I would, it really feels like it's <laughs> what we're going out about. There really should be. There should be Gurkha fear. <laughs> Gurkha fear is a real thing. It's a real life thing. It's not a game thing. It's like, a psychological condition of the game. Right, it's not right. actually a yeah. rule. It's a meta rule. It's not an actual in-game rule. Um, <laughs> well, maybe Gurkhas is just the, the fourth special army rule. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah, I, they have their own. I mean, Scary Blighter is its own thing, right? It's pretty damn good. It's They're like awesome. David S. Pumpkins, it's its own right. thing. Yeah, it is its own thing. But that's, I mean, whatever. They're Great. awesome. Again, are these guys, are were these guys in the same area? Yeah. What's the story with these guys, Jeff? Well, they, yeah, Nepal. it's roughly in the same area. And they, they have okay. a long history with the British Empire for them. Okay. And, and yes, these guys have earned the reputation. Absolutely terrifying to fight. So they got that part right, then? Yeah, yeah. It's an earned reputation. It's under cost. In right. Rules, that's say. that's my only beef with it is that you're not paying much for it at all. All right. So let's. what would an appropriate cost for these guys be, do you think? Same point as fanatics. They need to add. So sure. from 14 to 17? Yep. And should there, be, right. should there be a special limit on how many of these you can take, do you think? No. You, okay. You're limited by point. All right. Yeah. That's a limiting factor in itself. I don't think you have to do both. Or... I'd be okay with him doing the inverse and saying that you only get one unit and just leaving them as, the, as they are. It's the great value that they are. So you want them to be a rare selection is what you're saying? I was going to say the yeah, against yeah. that, Rick, because you legitimately could want to build this, right? I mean, these yeah. guys are super Right, cool. anyone that wants to build a theme army around this is because they know how good they are. But I, you're right, though. No, it's historically accurate. You're right. Somebody could build a whole army around them. I mean, it, and they're, I mean right? Yeah, they've kick-assed. <laughs> apparently. Apparently they were, like... So well, good, they're better than everyone from else. that part of the world, you know, historical accurate army that, like, might only have one unit of these guys, you know? 
Right. I, I totally understand that. And, and there's lots of other armies like that, too, where you're like, nah, you don't want to be able to make them all that, whatever. Yeah. It makes it's, sense. It's a trap unit because, you know, it's they're so fantastic that it would be hard not to have multiple units of these guys. And then how many times do you play with them and then you feel you feel bad because, you know, your other you know, your opponent's crying and... <laughs> You bring them a tissue and you take a shower afterwards. It's not a big deal. <laughs> it's no big deal. I mean, Pat, Pat's got a point. Slam a couple mortars into the swoon anything. So. I think I think the problem is when you can get into multiple units. It, it just makes it harder for that to be an actual accomplishment. Because you can usually shift one thing. What's that? They don't shoot anybody else. No, but that's no. not their goal. Yeah, you make them come to you. What I, well, are you going to do if you drive a tank into it? Okay, well, I, I'm, I'm picturing in my mind how I would play these guys, and what I would do is they I would They can't even take a take hunter, so... No, you they know. cannot. So. Whatever. I would, out, I would outflank with these guys so they don't get shot at right away, and they're going to come in on turn three and start melting, ripping through everything. Right? Yeah, but you drive yeah. a Panzer three over there, and what are they going to do? Nothing. Hopefully the rest of your army is already taking care of the Panzer three at that point. Because we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, because there's other things. You, you <laughs> I mean, can't afford that many Gurkhas, but if you have two or three units on top of other things, you can still afford others. They're amazing for the points. Yeah. Yes. Very good value. Yep. Still, you know, whatever. It's, it is what it is. I think we've I think we've beat this to death at this point. So um, we like Gurkhas. Uh, I think they're I don't fantastic. Like, I don't like Gurkhas. I yeah. I, I'd probably play him if I played British, though. <laughs> exactly. There you go. I like him, except I don't, you don't like, like them because them. you don't have them. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Do we have any other infantry units we want to cover? I think that's all that's in the book, right? That, that's actually the last infantry section in the book. Wow. We actually covered all of the infantry sections tonight. That's a big fat check. All right. Cool. Um, let's move on to weapon teams then. Uh, weapon teams, they've got the standard. Uh, can, I, can I interject quick? Oh, yep. Sorry, sorry. Did, did I, like, space out there for a bit? Did we talk about the Maori fighters and the unit selector? I didn't see them in addition unit. They're not in the actual book. Yeah, they're not in the book. Okay, well, they're probably in EDF somewhere. They, I'm sure they are. But just for fun, so here's the real quick, the formidable fighters are those guys. They ignore whatever national characteristic chosen. Instead, they all have the following three. Oh, that's right, yeah. Blood-curdling charge, up and at them, and tough as boot. What? These guys are yeah, awesome. That. <laughs> and they're regular for 110, okay? I, I think they're in one of the theater books, actually. They, I bet they're in Empire and Himself. I think that's what they are, yeah. What's yeah, the story with familiar. these guys, Jeff? Let me try and look it up. Well, I, I actually don't know a whole lot of these guys, but okay. the Maori are the, live in the Pacific Islands, other South Pacific Islands. Oh, sure, okay. Like, so this must uh, be like a British colony there? Well, um, yeah. I mean, there's Australia. Uh, right, okay. Papua New Guinea. Those people. I've not seen that movie. No, I've seen pieces see of it. Oh, it looks okay. it looks good. Uh, I heard a watch, song. Do you watch rugby? All blacks, I think. They yep. do the haka. They really call them. Oh, all right. Yeah, dude, it's rugby. Yeah, right. That's with the rugby. Yeah, I'm they not. Was, that's why I stopped talking. Game with a warrior dance, super invading. Oh, it's that. Are they the ones that have that dance? I'm almost the, the rugby dance. Oh, those. That's that is that is pretty intense, actually. All right. Okay. So that's awesome. They get these three characteristics together. Pretty badass. You don't get any of the other ones, but it doesn't matter. You get three of them. So you get three special rules, Pat. How about them apples? That's pretty damn good. I think they're only available in like the theater sector. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. The Maori, they were a warrior culture. So they are it makes 100% sense they have available three of them. Very cool. in Reinforced Selector. You have how many of them? Ten okay. at 110 points for regular. They have one LMG, and they can have anti-tinker. Yeah, they've probably got to be in the, the Islands and Flames thinger. Yeah, Empire and Flames. Thinger. Yep, that yeah. thinger. 
and they have veteran units of those two, which yeah. allow the same choices. They get some SMGs at that. I get two SMGs. How many points are those guys? 140. So they get they're the same points as your damn Gurkhas. <laughs> <laughs> so they get the same. Wow, deal, though. I'm not just, bitter I'm put this at all. Out there right I'm not now. bitter, guys. Guys, you understand? I'm not bitter. Hopefully, people out there. You sound bitter. Uh, sorry. I, maybe that's my job. Maybe I'm like supposed to be the one that's bitter here. You're not so much bitter. Maybe a little on the salty side. Salty. Maybe salty. Salty, bitter, it's kind of the same thing, right? I, I just want to put this out there to everybody that in the rest of my life, tournaments, if I ever come across somebody, all Maori guys, and they do haka for our game, I will consult. <laughs> <laughs> right after you shit your pants? Or? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but you got to do the full thing. You can't just like do one little slip. I think you got to really commit thing. with the tattoos and everything as well. Oh, yeah. That, that would, would be awesome. That would be, that would be awesome. I, I will buy you a round of drinks after that. Yeah, yeah, totally cool. Our, okay, now, now, now are we now, done? Now, sorry, sorry for that. No, no, no. That's a good. That was a good call out. I think that's a cool unit that we totally glazed over there. Yeah, it's, Our, it's hidden somewhere in one of those theme books, theater books. I, I will say without a doubt, like so, of all the books we've covered so far, and we've only covered what three other books so far. Yeah, three other books so far. This one seems to have the most flavor within their their infantry selections. It's not like yes. uh, it's not like the Soviets. That one was boring, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, rifle squad, submachine right. squad, but that might, have squad. To, that might have something to do with Great Britain and all of the colonies that they had, right? So Absolutely it makes a did. difference. Like yes. makes a difference in how they were actually part of the world. So, I, I, but they captured it pretty well in my mind. Yeah, right? I like it. I like, like it. it's pretty sweet. All right, let's let's move on now. Or we we can move on to the weapon teams now. Should we try weapon teams? Let's do it. Okay, quick, go before anyone else interrupts. Get... Give me something unique, Pat. Uh, okay, so find you something unique. Blacker Bombard. That's very unique. Basically, it's the uh, the same stats as the Russian Maltov launcher contraption thing. Which we really liked. Which we really wait, liked. Wait, so wait, the, 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 what, I can't remember what it's called it, now. The Ampelese or whatever it is? Something the like that, one we're that, talking yeah. about? Yes. The, the, the Molotov launcher. Yeah, yeah, same one. Okay, yes. all right. I yeah. was in Africa. I have no idea what you're talking about. You, well, you haven't listened to our last episode, Jeff. Jeez. Well, I listened to some of it. I just kept tuning you <laughs> It wasn't me. It was Dale. Dale and I agreed, and I will have you. St- I will have everyone know. I hold Brad in fairly high regard from LRDG two and Ghost Army, and I can't remember what other ones he's on. Down order. Down order. Everyone uh, but this one. Right. He's everyone, just this one. <laughs> everyone but this one. Sorry, Brad. We'll have to get you on sometime. <laughs> he he agreed with us, which made me made my day. He agreed that that is an incredible weapon in in version two. We'll have to have him do our opening one day and freak everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. We could do something like that. Anyway, uh, that's one of the things we didn't cover earlier, and I wanted—I'll I'll just say it now, and because Brad will be listening throughout all of this, I'm sure. Uh, I want to thank him for you know as much support as he's given us over the last couple of episodes of his show. Uh, just kind of you know plugging us. It's been great. I know it's helped our numbers. We've got more listeners because of it. So thank you, Brad. We appreciate your support. Yeah, we listen to your show too. I'm guessing, and I've already told you this, that I'm guessing us telling you, telling everyone about your show probably is only going to lessen your listenership, but whatever. <laughs> now you're stuck. Now you're, yeah, good <laughs> luck, man. You've talked about us. We talked about you. Good luck. All right. Um, so now we're back to the Black Bombard. Blacker Bombard. Black, oh, I'm sorry. I missed some letters in there. Yes. Blacker what the hell Bombard. is this thing? It sounds awesome. It sounds like a metal band. It, so it's, 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 an, it's an anti-tank. Uh, so it's an HE 24-inch 
uh, team fixed two inch template. Same thing as the Malt Avalanche. I mean, the stat line is identical, except for it doesn't have the benefit of automatically lighting crap on fire, that extra fire thing that it does. So, 40 points regular, same cost even. Yep, three man. How many? Two. How much? How much pen? Two plus plus two for a two inch template. Yep. Mm, okay. Still good though for this will kill your Gurkhas. Kill Gurkhas all day long. It can will. You have, can you have three of them? You can only have one. Yeah, that's the part about that. Yep. The one in your anti tank slot. Yep. Yeah. Which, which means you're then. which means you're not taking the boys anti tank rifle. That, that was <laughs> or, not on my list ever. So or or the the dreaded Piat anti tank rifle. Well, that's at least. That's at least better, but that one's, you know, it's it's a short-range bazooka. Yeah, it rules. It's a shooter. Yeah. yeah, so it's a it's a 12-inch yeah. plus 6-pen, plus 5-pen? Plus 5. Plus 5. Is so, there a bigger, blacker Bombard team somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Not in this game. <laughs> Welcome uh, to Friday Night Episodes. Holy cow, guys. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. So it's a shaped charge at 12 inches, so does that mean it's at minus 1 if it's negative. over negative? No, no, the shaped charge doesn't suffer this minus, minus 1 pen. If it's over oh, half. Oh, okay. I thought, what what does suffer minus 1 pen over half then? Um, anti-tank uh, guns. All your, yeah, all your anti-tank yeah. guns are not shaped. Because okay. they're, they're relying on velocity to depend gotcha. on trait. Sorry, so, I'm used to the only things that are shaped charge, so I don't know what's not, what, what no worries, you're fine changes. Now. Okay, that's how I wanted to know that. All right, perfect. Does Piat stand for anything? Like pain in and... Projector, entry, anti-tech, Thank you. Okay. Something to that effect. Pain yeah. in, ass, something. Torpedo. Torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. I mean, that sounds great. I'm going to have to have one of those on my list. All right. uh, I, I, I tried to find a way to work the Gurkha somewhere into that, that, but I just couldn't find a way. There's no G. So the G Piat coming to you yeah. soon... Fun fact about a Piat, if I remember correctly, it's more or less spring-launched as a post-launch. Yep. So, so it's like a slingshot? That's well, recoilless. So. Yeah, so like it doesn't have a huge back blast. You can fire one from a tree. You will never know where the hell you. Oh, interesting. You can fire it from inside a building and not smoke everyone else in the room with you. That too, yeah. Okay. You could stand behind it when something, though I wouldn't recommend Gotcha. Yeah, so like the the people who are putting bazooka teams into, you know, buildings and firing them from buildings, that's, yeah, that's... That's never going to happen, as they say in real life. Well, you can, but your buddy, but, if he survives, is going to <laughs> Yes. You know, Piat, do that all day. Yep. Sometimes it wasn't by choice, though. They might have had to do things that they may not have wanted to do. Fair all enough. right. Anything else in the weapons teams that's really anything special? I don't feel like anything else in there. Nope. Like all the that o- exciting. Nope. And Warriors, the only... The only well, yeah. The only exciting thing that's in the artillery is their light artillery, 25-pounder, has both an HE and an AT shell, so they can be multi... Multi-purpose weapon. They can either so fire. They can either fire a plus four pen or a one two inch he two inch he. Yeah, I think That's this is great. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Anything that gives you versatility in this game is great. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, if you put them in ambush, of course you have to specify which ammunition is loaded. Of course. I really wish my artillery could do this. I, think, I, I wish all artillery could do something. I think like only that, the. I think only this and the Russian one yeah. have that yep. capability. Yeah, very cool. That's cool. Doesn't doesn't uh, the eighty eight have some of that? Similar. Yeah, if you take the uh, versatility, it does, yeah. Yeah, but that's I, a lot more expensive. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was a, a, an automatic thing. I don't remember no. offhand, honestly. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. No, no worries. So regular, this item regular is fifty-five points. Oh yep. yeah, plus one every time. I think that's five points more than if I remember right. That sounds right. But I mean, five points for the ability totally worth it. Is that with the gun shield or is the gun shield extra? Fifty-five with the gun shield. shield. Nice. Yep. Love it. Yeah, to oh, answer you your question, on your light too. it makes almost everyone in my list. 
to go back to that, Jeff, uh, the the versatile one is almost double the points. Yeah. You get an extra two guys with it, but it is almost exactly double yeah, the points. Yeah, I, I was pretty sure it was expelled. 160 points for the versatile version, which is still which is still a super heavy. Yeah, I mean, it's with, still a great gun, but many points. That's a lot of points for a, for a seven man. Like, it's still good, but yeah, not quite as good. Sorry, tangent. Oh, and the 25 pounder is a Suizo. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. I've even got one for my paratroopers, which, coincidentally enough, does not have a gun shield. Right, right. I know. Well, you know what? You can only jump into it into a war with so much stuff that you're going to carry around, right? Leave something to duck I behind. Guess. Behind, true, true. if you have to. So I think the only other thing that really stands out when you go through like the rest of the artillery and the anti-tank guns is the the infamous 17 pounder. Been 17. Yeah, it's a it's super heavy anti-tank, and I think the only other super heavy anti-tank gun is in the German army. So it's a plus seven pen. In like an eighty-four inch range or some ridiculousness. <laughs> that's that's worth it right there. No, not really. It's pretty sweet. I didn't like the corner of the table with a spotter. I presume eighty-four inch range. Well, that's a direct fire weapon. So yeah, no spotters, not indirect. Oh, no spotters. Yeah, okay. it's, it's yeah, a velocity. You can't thing. hide it in the corner. Right. So if it's if it's over forty-two inches, it's only plus six pen. <laughs> only. <laughs> only. Wow. Only. Oh, only. Pretty yes. cool. And it's still doing, you know, and it's still a three-inch template against infantry too. So it's an it's an HE right. HE three-inch. Yep. So still good. And 140 points for regular. Uh, yeah, you, that's brilliant! Wow. If you know there's going to be tanks and the tanks are going to be a problem, this is your solution. I think that was actually the advertising slogan they had. Well, and it seems like and it seems like it's still good against infantry, so it's good all around. Yeah. yeah. So that's equivalent to a medium howitzer, right? With the HE three, or is that a heavy howitzer with the three-inch? That's medium. the medium. How medium. Is that How okay. Heavy mortar. Heavy mortar is doing. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, this will kill your Gurkhas, too. Yeah, that thing's beat. Yeah. And, and your tank. And A lot of tank. versatility. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that better than a lot of other things there. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, anything else? In that area? Um, the rest of it's fairly vanilla. And then, okay. you know, I think the next thing we're going to steep into is the Veckles. Here we uh, go. Gotta like the Veckles. They have a lot of Veckles. Are you are you are you channeling Star Trek Voyage Home? That, no, those those the be nuclear vessels. vessels? Those yeah, would be nuclear. vessels. Wessels. It was it was nuclear uh, vessels. That's what that was. I think Be- I was watching a Beast of War video one time. I forget. I think it was when I was trying to get back into get into 40k. And the guy, uh, I don't remember his nationality. I think he was probably Irish or something. But kept calling Veckles. He the was Veckles. British. British. Okay. So there you go. They they understand. They call him Veckles. And I just got a kick out of it. My wife was listening to it. She's like, wait a minute, back that up again. What do you say? What is he talking about? He's saying I don't know vehicles. Which, I don't know which country we just insulted, but I'm sorry. Yes, we did. <laughs> but, Veckles. This is All right. So, the vehicles, as, as everyone else pronounces. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, we want to start with the tanks, or do we want to move through anything else? Is there anything else we want to cover, or are their trucks pretty standard? Transports transports? Transports yep. transports. All right. Hey, 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 I'm going to put a plug in, though, because sometime this Rubicon will be in Canadian military pattern trucks. They look cool. That's my plug. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I'm actually really excited. I want to buy, like, one of them. Well, what they do for differently? For like, your Dragon Portes? I do, kind of, for <laughs> mid-war and late-war. <laughs> they just look different. Okay. Honestly, they got a... So, like, cab on them has a your windshield. Yeah. A slightly forward tilt. So it just has a really unique... So they look janky. Okay. Yeah, this look kind of cool. Okay, all right. In the rules, there'll be nothing to buy. Right. Still, Those still Canadians move dudes around. doing I'm, their own thing. I'm a thing. sucker for cooking stuff. Right. Okay. okay, so trucks are trucks. Trucks are trucks. 
Jeeps are Jeeps. You got a bunch of stuff from the Americans. Great. Yeah. Okay. All right. So moving on from the transport vehicles. Well, there, there is the recce. Yeah. Or the right, universal carrier, which. Carrier. Yeah, those are the Bren carriers. Yep. yep. Universal carrier, Bren carrier, recce, recce carrier. They're all they're all the same thing, and they put everything they could on these things. And you know, their tracked vehicle. The big thing is, is they can do a 180 turn and move and, and, and move away. So. This is pretty cool. They put everything from machine guns to uh, rocket launchers and flamethrowers into the different variants. And, and dudes, they put some dudes. It in can them carry. Too, right? It can. It can carry five bros. It yeah. has. It has an LMG, and you can also do a, a pintle-mounted LMG for another ten points, which obviously is only being fired while there's bros in it, cool. which is very right. cool. And they look kind of slick. Yeah. Cool. Open top seven plus. Yeah. No. Uh, while you're at it, you probably should, should probably mention the Ram Kangaroo. Uh, Quick's history story, it was independently developed by the Canadians to beat so many Shermans, they didn't really need them, so they took the turret off. You can put deep inside that one, too. It's, uh, like an AP- open-topped AP- 9-plus medium tank. So that's pretty, that's a, that's a fun train. Was it more than a personnel carrier? So I believe the RAM, the RAM, was going to be, or was used as a medians. Okay. Uh, very similar to a Sherman. Well, they needed some armored transports, so they started using the chassis of them and you know, cool. put some bros in them. Bros like a safe ride. Bros love a safe ride. So there are a lot of here. Holy, there, there, there's a lot. There's almost as many armored cars. Yeah, it, if you want armored cars on the Allied side, British is how you roll. Yeah, including the the basically tank on wheel Steghound. That thing. Do you mean their 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 armored cars are tougher than the Japanese tanks? They're they're eight plus. <laughs> most of their armored cars. Shut so up. Uh, serious. I know you're serious. Okay, fun story. I'll often through my phone and find the picture. When I was in Africa, right, we were driving out big city out in the middle of nowhere. I passed a Senegal's military installation of some on the wall at the side. Someone had painted. Someone had put an A armored car painted on the wall, of the, which in the middle of the Africa, freaking hilarious to me. But anyway, that's just to tell you that these armored cars were very slow. Kudos to the brig. Yeah, they did cars right, and a lot of their armored cars were were even you know turreted. Yeah. So. So we know they had a whole bunch of Shermans. Um, the one big thing they did is they took their their 17-pound anti-tank gun and they shoved it in a Sherman and called it a Firefly. And great I think name. it's it's really great name, really cool. Um, great show. That too. I, I think if I were going to actually play like a tank war scenario, I would absolutely have one of them. In regular gameplay, I don't see me ever taking it because the only other weaponry it has is a coaxial MMG, and it's at 300 and some points. Which is the same limitation as your Matilda, but you're not paying nearly as much. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Fair enough. Granted, it's got a plus seven pen, so it's going to destroy anything it happens to hit. But that you know, you're, you're losing a lot of versatility with only being able to fire once from a game mechanic standpoint. Pretty high premium on that too. Like I say, tank wars. Oh yeah, that'd be fun because there's a lot yeah. of juicy targets for that. You're getting a big gun, but you're not getting the armor of most of those. You know, most of those tanks that are coming with that. Yeah, they're you know they're nine. That's yeah. the standard Sherman armor. Right. It just seems a little under under armored for the cost. Still getting a plus seven, I guess. Still, I like the idea of them taking the steward. They're like, ah, this gun's not big enough. <laughs> well, when they were when they were dealing with those tigers, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Right. The Firefly was like the answer to the tiger. Yep. Without like making a whole new freaky tank. Yep. Oh, that's there's your answer to tiger fear done. Right, it, well, and it probably works if you can get it get it shot off first. 
So you can put you can take the 17 pounder in your artillery slot, and then you can take a firefly in your tank slot for a mere 450 points. Well, your Gurkhas are so cheap that it works. Out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then two squads of Gurkhas run with a second Louis, second inexperienced Louis going. I also All like right. that they've got a tank named the Churchill. They have several tanks named the Churchill. Could you imagine if we had a tank? The Trump. What? The, <laughs> no, I wasn't going to go there. The the George W. Bush. The Bush. The Bush, the Bush. Well, Bush tank. Well, they they do have the Reagan aircraft carrier. So yeah, they, the USS yeah. Reagan. Well, I mean, all of our, a lot of our a lot of our aircraft ships, carriers are named yeah, after they presidents. They, right. They've always done that. But uh, a, just like but a tank. A tank named the Roosevelt would be pretty awesome. Just we, it's just a horse. We name all our tanks after Jen. Yeah. Oh, do we? Okay, is that how we well, do? Yeah, it? Stuart yeah, and Lee and fair enough. Stuart, Abram, Sherman, Sherman. Is there a Grant? And, yeah, there's, there's a, a Grant. The British export version of the. Yeah, we name them all after you. All right, I mean that's that, that is cool that we're doing at least something similar to it. So yeah, you mentioned the Churchill. That's a that's a very long tank in almost all its variants. And you can you can field anywhere between two sixty five and four hundred something, uh, four thirty five depending on the the different marks and weaponry. Actually, the Mark seven and eight are actually a super heavy tank, so they're eleven plus for armor, whereas the rest of the Churchills are just a poor ten plus heavy tank. Okay. Now we kind of attribute the idea of commandos to the British. Didn't Churchill actually kind of come up somewhat with the idea of of the modern tank? Like the land battleship, wasn't he? Wasn't that kind of one of his things? I'm asking Jeff this. I'm trying to remember for sure. I'd wait that far. Cause, okay. Because the French actually the modern tank design. It, it depends what you call a modern tank design. The French idea of having a rating turret on your configuration we see now, which is ended. Okay. As far as the land battleship cons, Churchill thing or not, if it was, I don't know for sure. Well, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. I don't apologize know. for that. Okay. I do know that all the oh. Churchill variants are slow. Which means they're only moving, advancing six, running twelve, but they were they were they were long and bulky and designed to actually be like moving cover for infantry. So the fact that they're slow makes sense. Well, and if I remember correctly, a lot of the long tanks were was for the old school trench warfare kind of yep. yeah. trying to jump over trenches essentially, and that that kind of went away with time as they started moving away from that style. Okay, cool. So this is obviously an early war tank. And I don't want to miss out on the Churchill uh, Mark Nine crocodile or Mark Four crocodile. I was just looking yeah, at the at Churchill this. crocodile cool. flame throwing tank. <laughs> Four hundred and eighty five points regular, five eighty two yeah. veteran, super Ouch. heavy, eleven plus. It carries around its own extra fuel pod and has got flamethrowers. Eleven plus armor. That's awesome. Well, and and so that jettison fuel trailer thing is a huge deal. Yes, because it makes it no internal volatile uh, fuel tank rule, which is pretty awesome. So it ignores a pretty significant rule That's as cool. far as flamethrower tanks go. It looks cool. I don't know if I'd ever. I mean, four hundred eighty-five points, but still. dude, it's got a huge. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, I'm looking at the picture. I'm like, dude, that's a huge flamethrower. No, it's still a medium that's... anti-tank gun. Yes, and it's still got a flamethrower on top of that. Okay, all right. So that's actually, I'm, well, that's a lot of point, but cool. It's eleven plus. Yeah, it's an eleven plus. It's a pretty heavy tank, and it's a crocodile. That's cool. I like that. No, it doesn't have tiger fear though. And you, I don't think you can take it as inexperienced either. It only can be regular nope. veteran. Yep. Cool. You would hate to have an inexperienced tank driver with that kind of fuel <laughs> running around, wouldn't you? <laughs> just, just letting loose Whoops. the trailer anytime he wants. Whoopsie. Sorry, guys. 
<laughs> All right. So I don't think we want to really we don't want to step back into the Stewart conversation again, but they have those. Right. It, uh, we got lots of stuff from our the British got a lot of stuff from the Americans. Well, yeah, so I, I was going to go with the. I was going to say I think the Warlord had the overstock of the M3 Stewart and amended some rules to sell it. <laughs> Conspiracy theorist over here. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I'm just well, kidding. I mean, it's they're, they're clearing out. They were clearing out tanks for the last month anyway. Like Jesus, they were selling them buy two get one free. Yeah, I got three German tanks to destroy out of that. That's gonna be fun. To destroy? Yeah, I'm gonna make them train. Oh, so. for train. Okay, yep. gotcha. Good idea. Target target practice for my fake stuff, right? <laughs> Fair enough. So um, yeah, um, what else? Um, yeah, I think the other fun one is in the. Um, so there's two other ones I really like in the tank destroyers. There's the M10 Wolverine, which of course is an American vehicle, but it's it's pretty slick. Uh, so it's got a turret with a heavy anti-tank gun on it, and that's pretty awesome. Put it on board for 175. It Ooh, does exactly nice. what it says. It's 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 a tank killer. Yeah, for 175 regular. Yep. It, it is open topped, but still wow. Yep, and you can you can add an HMG. For 25 points, so round out 200. It's open top, 8 plus. It doesn't mean a whole lot if you can kill the tank before. Right? Well, and like, the whole thing about the tank killers is they were, you hide them in a corner somewhere. They're not supposed to be advancing on ground troops and stuff like that. They're, they're back sitting there, in ambush, essentially. They're sitting in ambush right. to pop yep. off that tank that's right. floating around there. Yep. They're, yeah, they're not meant to go face to face with another tank. It, that's kind of not no, the point. No, it's a tank killer, not tank be destroyed by her. Okay. Now, to be fair, in tank actual target. game term or in war terms, it was never really meant to be face-to-face tank fights if they could avoid it. That's also true. But that's allied. Guy. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, yeah, because the Germans had the better tanks, and they knew that. Correct. The other, the other, um, in, under the category of self-propelled artillery that I really, really like is the M7 Priest. So it's a, it's another eight, it's an open top eight plus tank, but it's got a medium howitzer in it. Good. Yeah. And it also it also has a an HMG pintle mount too. And that one's only at a one sixty. Only it's on wow. clearance virtually. And the model is the model is gorgeous. The model is really gorgeous. And I I really would uh, like to get a game where I can put that on the table, but I keep you know bumping it for other fun stuff that I want to put in. Like Kirkus? I haven't put them on the table yet. <laughs> My yeah, wife I... wants to know how much you want to have them disappear. <laughs> how much she wants? Yeah, how much are you going to pay her to make them disappear? Well, she's got to give me a price. Okay, I'll, I'll ask. Otherwise, I'm paying your dog in dog treats. That might work too. Well, she, she's smart enough. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if she is either. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll try. No, bring them. We'll take so, care of them. Okay, so that's really the the stuff that stands out for me in the book as far as what I find cool. We'll have to see if maybe we can't collect uh, collect some incentive from the rest of the people in the area likely to face off against the Gurkhas. Maybe every time we play against them, maybe one or two guys just kind of disappear. <laughs> After about ten games, you're not going to have any left. <laughs> uh, yeah, how about how about that, Pat? How about you can you can start with ten, but every time one of your, your clubmates here takes, takes the unit off the table, you can no longer bring ten. You can bring nine the next time, and then eight the next time, and then seven. We, we after get that. to keep one as a trophy. You get to keep one as a trophy every time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I kept I like one of Dale's Japanese guys as a trophy for about a month and a half. He fed me really good intel, actually. Yeah. No, it just got they just got mixed in after. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, because you won the next game we played after I gave it back to you. 
That'd be that'd be awesome. Is first that you'd bug your own model, and then two that Pat would sit and talk about his battle plans against <laughs> you. He's like the At evil home. villain. He's <laughs> like the <laughs> evil villain that he always talks about the his nefarious plan in front of the prisoner. And, and you guys don't prep your troops. Respects. <laughs> talk. To, you line them all up at home and talk to them before every soldiers. Every here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like our Churchill talk. <laughs> I do, but they're all French. They don't understand things, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not paying they're attention not... anyways. Right. Too busy ducking <laughs> for cover. <laughs> all right. So now we've insulted the French as well. Great. All right. Let's see how many other nationalities we can uh, cover before the end of the show because I think we're about to be done. Any anyone have anything else? I think we. We covered everything that we want to cover about. Ooh, I just got a note saying Patrick's microphone audio is very loud. It may be clippy. I don't know what that means. Uh, it just means that you're loud. I don't know why it decided to tell me that now. It's never told me that before. Anyway, um, I don't think we have anything else to cover with the Great British, the Great Britons, armies of the Great Britons. I think right? it's a good book. I thought they. I I really like that it feels it really feels like you can go a lot of different ways with the army list, which is cool. Yeah, totally. It's got a lot of versatile builds, and yeah, I basically have three armies with, with one book that I can play different yeah. variations of. So I think that's really cool. That Plus, cool. there's a lot of tanks that I can have if we ever get around to the tank war stuff. Yeah, I I do feel like the variants that that you have lots of versatility, you have lots of choices. All of them are pretty good. I think very it's a very good book overall. Great book, and it's you know it's it's withstood. It's been out, out five years, and it's really it's really held up. So it's well it's done. on par. Yeah, it's competitive still. So really well done. Cool, good job, Warlord. Don't don't screw it up by changing it too much. If you ever decide to rewrite this book, adjust the commandos to two point upgrade for SMGs, and and just delete the Gurkha selector. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, lose I that entry. Make that cool. Or, or like like Jeff said, it's probably just a little undercosted. Maybe reevaluate the point cost for that ability. Right, and yep. uh, they only have three national rules, so the fourth one should be tea time. They just don't move the first turn. <laughs> no, the fourth turn at four o'clock, right? Fourth oh, turn. sure, yeah, 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 right, okay. No, it's Perfect. uh, it's a minus one order check on all of their veckles because um, <laughs> they may be uh, they may be on, out for tea or stopping to have a, a bit of tea. Or, or is it reserves? Like something to do with reserves. Yeah, there you go. They're like, oh, they stop. They stop for for tea. We're we're not going to see them again for an hour. Um, no, yeah, sorry. We had to throw a couple more in because we had missed we, we our felt we really hadn't, yeah, yeah, hadn't, hadn't <laughs> offended them in the last five minutes. So no, I think tea time yeah. is cool. No, I, that's a very cool idea. They they like their tea over there. There's no doubt about that. It's not. And that's not even offensive. There's nothing wrong with liking tea, right? No, I tea. I, I, I drink so. tea myself. Yep. Not at four o'clock. I mean, come on. I don't try and schedule a time around it every day, but that—that's. That's only if you have crumpets, I think. Maybe okay. maybe they just know something that we don't. So. Well, they clearly do. They've been around longer. But we have other things. So we got McDonald's and burgers and fries. Oh my. <laughs> yes. We're winning. Yeah. No, they are. <laughs> oh, they are. Yeah. Well. Yeah, they got fish you, and chips. Everything's cooked in lard. So. Yeah, we got fish and chips too, though. Now. Well, that's because we get it from there. Right. I will. Uh, all right. Uh, so like we've said at the beginning of this episode, if, well, I'll throw out one more thank you to Brad. (laughs) He's our number one fan. And I I thank him for, uh, talking as much as he has about us. It's helped us a lot. So thanks to, uh, yeah, not just Brad, we've gotten a lot of feedback on, on Facebook from folks listening. And that's actually real cool to to hear and get. And, uh, yeah, a lot of fun in the arts. So, yeah. So we, we do appreciate that. We've gotten a lot of messages 
Uh, we're sorry if we didn't get back to you right away. We've, we try to respond to everyone that messages us. It, it, it can be overwhelming at times, and obviously if we're at work, we, you know, work is work, and we have to try and focus sometimes. Um, but it, to that extent, if you want to message us or Facebook us for something or you have a question or you want to make a comment about how off we were tonight, uh, reach out to us. We're the Snafu Podcast at Facebook and at Twitter. Uh, we're also the snafupodcast.com. You can, you can find us all at all those locations. And I will say I'm going to plug this one more time. If you wanna, if you wanna try and make it into the Renegade Open thing or the Snaf Operation Snafu, as we're calling it, I don't think we had a name last time. Please sign up for the waiting list so we can actually try and accommodate you guys. Is there anything else that we have to cover? Um, I mean, we have a few outstanding questions on Facebook that we'll try to get to probably next time, asking us to to look at different lists and uh, a couple of other things like that. So we don't, you know, we don't want those guys to think like we haven't haven't been paying attention. We're just trying we're, to figure out where to fit. Definitely that in. not ignoring anyone. I I would say I, we try to respond to the individual. I I mean, at least I too. Where if they have a question right away, I'll try and respond to it right away on Facebook versus just trying to wait for the next podcast episode too. So, anyway, Jeff, you get to say it tonight. Now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Snafu over and out. Later, guys. Roger that. <laughs> Wish me luck as you wave me goodbye. Cheerio, here I go on my way. Wish me luck as you wave me goodbye. With a cheer, not a tear, make it gay. Give me a smile, I can keep all the while.